What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Friday, February 2nd. This is the weekend before the football weekend. Yes, I know it's Pro Bowl weekend. We got the Pro Bowl games coming up in just two days from now on Sunday. Whatever that is. I say Pro Bowl games. I really don't even know what it is because I haven't even thought about paying attention to it. Other than I see the headlines, hey, it's the Pro Bowl games, and there's some skills competitions, and I think there's flag football involved, something like that. Some NFL players are getting together in Orlando this weekend, some media's there as well, covering uh, players getting together. What they're doing, I really don't have any idea. Uh, I guess maybe you could wager on it, so maybe there's some aspect of it that you'll be interested in, but again, I don't even know if you could wager on it, because I have not looked at the app to wager, possibly, on any Pro Bowl games. My focus for wagering in football, that'll be on the Super Bowl. That'll be on a same-game parlay, some good prop bets. That's what I will be focused on. So what we're going to have right now is sort of a preview of what the next six or seven months are going to look like. This weekend will be the first time since September that we don't have any real NFL games to look forward to. Last weekend, at least we had Championship Sunday. We had two games. Right now, we have none. Next weekend, we've got one. It's like the NFL is slowly weeding us off of football. Wild card weekend, we get eight games, then it's cut in half, then that's cut in half, now it's none, so we get a little preview of what no football is like, our yearly reminder, and then we get the Super Bowl next Sunday, the last game for a long time, so you better enjoy it. I originally thought I was going to watch the Super Bowl where I'm doing the show from right now in Medellin. That was my plan. I fly back to Miami on Monday. I'm taking Monday off as a travel day. Sorry, letting you know in advance. So I fly back to Miami on Monday. I've got my poker tournament at the Hard Rock on Tuesday night. And then the plan was, okay, I'm going to stay in town until Friday or Saturday and then fly back here to Medellin and watch the Super Bowl here with friends. Then I had some Miami friends asking me, hey, can we watch the game together? Are we going to do something like we always do at your place? Or are we going to go to the Hard Rock? What are we going to do? So then I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to stay in South Florida for a few extra days. I'm going to watch the Super Bowl at my house. I'm going to cater in Flanagan's because that's what I've done for the past four or five times that I've had a little Super Bowl viewing party at my house so I'll do that again and then after the game the following day next Monday the following Monday I will fly back here to Medellin where my friends will still be and then enjoy a nice time here yet again so that's my plan that's the plan as of now and I'm pretty sure I'm going to stick to it now while football games will not be played after next Sunday We know there's always going to be news and notes, hirings, firings, signings, the draft, free agency. The Miami Dolphins should be heavily involved 
with that news cycle. So even though the games will go away, football does not. And then we've got pitchers and catchers. They'll be reporting in Major League Baseball. That's just a couple of weeks away. we got the NBA going on, the Heat play tonight. we got the NHL still happening. It's their all-star weekend. There's always something going on, especially with the South Florida sports scene. You never have to worry about that, especially on this show where I love so many different sports that we always manage to have a good time here. You may have seen yesterday the Serie del Caribe, which is the Caribbean series. That started, and it's taking place at Lone Depot Park. Going into this, I thought it would be somewhat of a similar atmosphere to the World Baseball Classic because you got countries involved and you got a lot of passion involved. While it's nowhere near the size of the World Baseball Classic, that game last night, Venezuela against the Dominican Republic, there was a lot of passion in the stands and it was pretty full. So for some of these games during the Caribbean series, there will be big crowds and a great atmosphere. The final will be next Friday, I believe. Next Friday or Saturday is the final. I think Friday and the semis just before it. So now that I'll be in town, I'll probably head over to the at least final. I'm sure that'll be a cool atmosphere. Maybe not as cool as the World Baseball Classic, but still getting me ready for baseball season and having a joyous crowd, a loud crowd at Lone Depot Park. That's something you got to take advantage of when it happens. Now, yesterday on social media, Ozzie Guillen, and we're very familiar with Ozzie Guillen in Miami. Ozzie Guillen, who is managing the team from Venezuela, he posted a one-second video. I mean, what can you get in a one-second video? It's like one and a half seconds. You can't get much. You can't really see anything going on in the video. But Ozzy posted this one to two second video where it shows him apparently having some issue with security. Then Ozzy followed it up earlier today saying it's all of the fault of the Marlin security director. He posted a picture of the Marlin security director and he said, I will not stand for any disrespect to me or my wife or my family. And I can certainly understand that. You don't want to be disrespected anywhere. But how was Ozzy or his family disrespected? From what I understand, I checked in with my sources all over. My law enforcement sources. And you know there's always two sides to a story. That's why I want and I, I asked for Ozzy Gian to give me his side. Like provide some details here. My law enforcement sources say the problem all started when Ozzie Guillen showed up to the ballpark with his family and they were refusing to be screened at the security checkpoint. That's what my law enforcement sources are telling me how this argument started. So I've asked Ozzie Guillen, or I said, hey, maybe Ozzie Guillen 
can provide some details from his side because I'm well aware when you've got not only police involved, but when you have two parties involved or three parties involved, people have different sides to a story. Some of them are telling the truth. Some of them are lying. Some of them are going like halfway truths and maybe leaving out some details. So I would love to hear more details from Ozzy Guillen. Right now, the only thing that I could provide, and as I did provide, was what my law enforcement sources were saying. And any source that I have, no matter who it is, their sources and their trusted sources because they don't make things up to me. It just doesn't happen. So something went on there. There's a one to two second video. You could go to Ozzy Guillen's Twitter feed and see exactly what I'm talking about. He posts in English. He also posts in Spanish. So if you're into Espanol, you can see it in Espanol. If you're into English, you could see it in English. Something went on there with Ozzy Guillen last night and his family. And if he wants to provide more details and say, instead of saying, hey, somebody disrespected me or I'm not going to put up with this, like give us some more information. Because the only information that I can give you right now is from my law enforcement sources. And before I get into what I really want to get into today, that has to do with the Dolphins. It has to do with Inter-Miami. It has to do with the Heat. It has to do with a, a lot of teams here in South Florida. Before I get into that, I just mentioned law enforcement having to do with whatever happened with Ozzie Guillen at the ballpark. Law enforcement on this program is big because... 11 or 12 years, I've had a lieutenant or a sergeant on with the Florida Highway Patrol every single Wednesday. And when I woke up this morning, I saw the news, and you probably have seen it by now as well, into the early afternoon, that the Florida Highway Patrol uh, lost a trooper early this morning in St. Lucie County. The trooper, and I was watching the press conference that happened around 12.30 this afternoon. The trooper was involved in a high-speed chase. The suspect made a U-turn on I-95. The trooper then made a U-turn and crashed, collided with a semi-truck. The trooper died. The truck driver died. And there was one other death involved in this incident. The suspect was eventually caught later on in the morning. And it's just, it's sad to see somebody lose their life when they're trying to help the community. You, you never want anyone to lose their life. But when they're trying to protect us, when they're trying to get somebody who shouldn't be out there on the road. This person apparently escaped and then they lose their life. That's sad. And Lieutenant Camacho and I, we talk about this every week. He was just on with me two days ago talking about high-speed chases. And there's all of these high-speed chases that have been happening. And unfortunately, 
it was a fatal outcome in this one early this morning. So my thoughts and my condolences are with the Florida Highway Patrol community, the entire law enforcement community, and definitely the family and friends and brothers and sisters of Trooper Zachary Fink, who lost his life early this morning trying to help the community. You guys know on this show I don't like doing sad I don't like doing serious. You come here for entertainment. But law enforcement's a big part of this show. And with that happening this morning, before I got into anything else that I really wanted to get into, I had to at least say that. That's the least I could do. Now, I do want to move along. And I want to talk about the Miami Dolphins. I want to talk about what's going on with Inter-Miami because I don't bring that up enough. And... I think there's a a story there, a story that needs to be shared. But I can't get into any of that until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. So here's something cool that happened. Tua and Tyreek, they were honored by the sporting news. Why am I bringing this up? Well, the Super Bowl isn't until next Sunday. The Miami Dolphins offseason hasn't officially started yet. I mean, it has, but officially where like you're making moves and all that, that has not happened yet. That won't happen until the Super Bowl's over. But when you take a look at Tua and Tyreek being honored, why I think this is really cool is because they were voted on by their peers. Okay, the players. That's what these awards are about. They're from the players. 201 Comeback Player of the Year. I think that's awesome because when we talk about Tua, and my gosh, do we talk about him. Normally, we're picking him apart. Lately, I'm comparing him to the best quarterbacks in the game because we've watched these playoff games. He's not in them, not anymore. He was in one of them. And then he was gone. And then you take a look at Championship Sunday. You look at the quarterbacks involved. And you're thinking, can Tua be one of those? Where does he rank amongst all of these quarterbacks that we're seeing in the playoffs? But let's not forget. During the regular season, Tua did put up big numbers. Over 4,000 yards. Is that good? Yes, it's fantastic. But overall, how does he compare to Mahomes or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? A lot of times in this Tua conversation, we forget where we just were. Like we can have a brand new conversation about him like we did three weeks ago or three months ago. There's always brand new conversations But let's remember where we were just one year ago. The way last season ended, Tua had a concussion. It was his second concussion, at least second concussion. So he was put in the concussion protocol. His season ended prematurely, and his future was very much in doubt. 
The question we're asking right now is, what should the Miami Dolphins do with him? Should they let him play out his fifth-year option? Should they sign him long-term? No. <clears throat> Sorry, did I say that? Is Tua the quarterback of the future? Can you anoint him the QB for the franchise for the next 10 years right now? Do you think he's good enough to be labeled that? Those are the questions that are being asked now. But a year ago, we were asking if he can even play football anymore. We were wondering if he was going to retire or should he retire? Will he be able to protect himself when he steps back on the football field? What a gigantic difference a year makes because the questions we're asking now are about can he lead the Dolphins to a Super Bowl? A year ago, we were asking if he'll be able to lead a normal life after football. Think about what a dramatic difference that is. And it's a credit to him. I think fans just yada, yada, yada what he's done because fans are impatient. Fans want a Super Bowl. Fans want a playoff win at least. But the way Tua protected himself this past season, the offseason martial arts stuff that he did, learning how to fall, everybody sort of mocked it, but he started 18 games. All 17 in the regular season and the playoff game. He never got hurt. He never sustained another head injury. Was he on the injury report a couple of times? Sure, but he never missed a game. And it's not like he suddenly learned to run like Michael Vick. It's simply just a matter of he learned to protect himself. And it benefited him. And it benefited the Dolphins. It extended his NFL career. And any and all success that he's got moving forward is going to be because of that. Think about this. What if week three, Tua had another concussion? What if he didn't do the martial arts stuff? And early in the season, he gets hurt again. Don't you think the pressure would have been really high on both Tua and the Dolphins organization to think about shutting it down? That's where he started the year. He started the year with people saying he might want to consider walking away from the sport. And heck, Tua himself admitted last offseason he considered walking away. And now, by some, he's considered one of the top quarterbacks in the AFC. Look, he was named the comeback player of the year. And that came from his peers. That's super cool. Now, being named the comeback player of the year, does that mean he should be paid all of this money right now? No. I, I stand by what I said a couple of weeks ago. He needs to prove it here in year five, play under that fifth-year option, and let's see what he's got. Because if he can't get a playoff win, then he's got nothing on his resume, and he shouldn't be given a $250 million deal. And then you have Tyreek Hill. Tyreek. He was named by the Sporting News, which again, is this is all voted on by fellow players. He was voted as the Offensive Player of the Year. He was shooting for 2,000 yards. He ended up with just about 1,800. And Tyreek was as explosive as he's ever been. He was also as consistent 
as the Dolphins needed him to be. Week after week after week, everyone knew Tyreek was option one. Everyone knew he was the biggest threat and the best receiver. But it didn't matter. He kept making play after play after play. It didn't matter what the opponent was doing. The Miami Dolphins have never had a wide receiver of the caliber of Tyreek Hill. I remember watching Mark Clayton and Mark Duper, the Marks brothers. They were fantastic. I think a lot of their greatness came from the guy who was throwing them the football. They were still fantastic, but it was Dan Marino throwing on the ball. Tyreek Hill has proven he changes every single game he plays. Every time he touches the ball, the other team, they don't know what to do. Because they know he's a potential touchdown waiting to happen. When you watch Tyreek, what stands out in a sport with the best athletes in the world, we're talking about the fastest, strongest, biggest, what stands out is his speed. It's so different than every other guy on the field. When he hits top speed, nobody can accelerate like him. Tyreek's ability to find space and give himself just enough room to take off, it's unmatched. It's why he's so great. It's why he's so much fun to watch. It's why they call him the cheetah. And it's why he's one of the best to ever play that position in the National Football League. So being named the Offensive Player of the Year by his peers, I think that's special. Now, I'm not going to do a full hour about awards. I want to get into the other football. Football with a U. It's something I don't discuss enough, but what's going on with Inter-Miami right now needs to be talked about. And I will do just that in a moment. What you should do this coming Tuesday is come on out and play in my poker tournament the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. It is my monthly tournament, and it's happening this coming Tuesday night, four days away, February 6th. $20,000 is guaranteed in the prize pool. That is the minimum amount of money that'll be in the prize pool, twenty grand, and it's only 250 bucks to buy in. The tournament begins at 6 p.m. this coming Tuesday night in the poker room at the Hard Rock, and you have until 9.30 p.m. to register. So no excuse you couldn't get there in time. You got out of work late. You were in traffic. You got until 9.30 p.m. Tuesday night to register. Don't miss it. We'll have a great time. Hang out and play cards. A minimum of $20,000 will be in the prize pool. It's the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament. Coming up this Tuesday at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. I don't really talk a whole lot about Inter-Miami. When Messi came to Inter-Miami, of course, it's a big deal. It still remains a big deal. And his arrival, it prompted a lot of us in South Florida to really start talking about Inter-Miami and watching some of their matches some of you going to the games. But then it's like, okay, he's part of Inter-Miami, and not all of us in South Florida are really into soccer. 
Now Inter-Miami is being spoken about, and it's only the preseason. And here's why. They are having an unbelievably bad preseason, which is really hard to do because these matches don't count. But it seems that Inter-Miami is finding new and interesting ways to embarrass themselves. I wish, I really do, and some of you may not believe this, but this is true of all of our teams in South Florida. I wish Inter-Miami was extremely successful. I wish they had a beautiful stadium. I wish everything was done 100% legit. I I wish they had an MLS championship. Yeah, they won some midseason tournament championship. I mean, the Lakers won that in the NBA too. What does that do? I I really wish they were successful. But you know, on this show, I'm always all about honesty. And while that is 100% true, what I just said, I also have to bring up anything that happens with any organization that I cover. And what's going on with them right now is a joke. So Inter-Miami flies all the way to Saudi Arabia. They lose to Cristiano Ronaldo's team 6-0. And Ronaldo didn't even play. As for Lionel Messi, he was hurt. And reports were that he wasn't going to even be on the roster for that match yesterday. Well, he was on the roster. He started on the bench. And then in the 83rd minute, when Inter-Miami is down 6 nothing, Messi checks in. I don't know if that had something to do with his contract or all the money there, but to have Messi check into the match in the 83rd minute, when you're down 6 nothing, that is really bad. A lot of people online... They were like, not only is that bad, that is extremely disrespectful. Now Inter-Miami is on their way to Hong Kong. Again, a long way to travel to not put on a show. And this trip, it was supposed to be some international global showcase where you've got this star-studded team bouncing into town, putting on an unbelievable show, and then leaving with a brand built up and a fan base built up. Well, how much brand building can you do when you lose 6 nothing? If you're going to lose a match 6 nothing, you, you might as well just do it on Commercial Boulevard right down the block from the Waffle House. At least the ride home is kind of quick. Now, maybe Inter-Miami's just working out the kinks. Again, this is preseason. But this is different because with Inter-Miami, they are supposed to be a big deal. This is supposed to be an all-star team traveling all around the world and just barging into your place. And you're like, wow, wow. And then they lose 6-0. Messi checks in in the 83rd minute, down six goals. What has Inter-Miami shown the world so far? Nothing. All they've shown the world is that They are a franchise that manages to trip over itself. 
even with the biggest star in the world. You would imagine having Messi on your roster, it would be impossible to mess this up. But so far, that's what they've done. The hope should be when they get home and when they settle in and when the games count, they'll be able to turn it all up. And that four-player star group, they'll be able to carry them to an amazing MLS season. That's what they're counting on. But at the same time, they were counting on an unbelievable preseason showing everyone in the world what they've got. And then to just pile on, because why not? There was a story I was reading on the website Awful Announcing. The premise was Michelle Kaufman, who covers Inter-Miami for the Miami Herald, she went on a program and complained that Lionel Messi never talks. So you've got people who cover the team. They go to see him play. They want to hear from him. That's just how it works. And since Messi has joined Inter-Miami, he has done exactly one day of interviews. One day. Michelle Kaufman is right. The idea of Messi joining MLS was that this is the biggest star in the world who's going to have eyeballs all over him. So people are going to start watching these games. He's going to get people to sign up for Apple TV. He is going to make the sport bigger. Isn't it hard to be an ambassador for a sport and at the same time be a mime? You can't grow the game by being a Charlie Chaplin movie. And I think back. I think back to the Big Three era. The Miami Heat were the biggest team in the world. They had LeBron, Wade, and Bosh all playing together. Love them or hate them, they were the Heatles. They were huge. And after every practice, they talked. After shoot-around, they talked. After games, they talked. LeBron James is a major deal. And he would always make himself available. He was ready to give interviews. Why does that matter? Interviews matter because they're a connection between the fans and the stars. You get the player's perspective on what's happening with the team. You get to hear what their experience is like. It adds to the fan experience. It makes you want to go out to games and buy merchandise and talk about the team. When you have a player who never talks, such as Messi, he's spoken once, we have no idea what he thinks of his time with Inter-Miami. We don't know what type of leader he's being. It's like he's a road player even though he's home. There's very little connection. And we're having a hard time documenting this experience. All of us are. He doesn't even have to be a great soundbite. Messi is reportedly a quiet dude. He doesn't even have to speak in English. But the team should be pushing him to talk, at least occasionally. How about he talks and praises his teammates? How about he talks and rips something that happened? Whatever it is, if all he is is goals and checking in in the 83rd minute down 6 nothing in Saudi Arabia, then what else do we have to go on?
besides that. I blame Inter-Miami for this. They're letting him do whatever he wants. I don't think it's such a big ask, is it, to make a dude available for interviews? But apparently they do. They're catering to whatever he wants with no regard for how it impacts the fan experience. He's Lionel Messi, and we're just going to let him do whatever he wants to do. And then we'll disrespect him by having him check into a game that we're losing 6 nothing. We'll just put him in there in the 83rd minute. Why does everything with Inter-Miami have to turn into a joke? Everything with them. I got an email last year, I believe it was in August or September, saying that they've started to break ground on the site next to Miami International Airport where their stadium's going to be, and it's going to be ready by 2025, the summer of 2025. And in that email from the team, it said they were going to have an official slash ceremonial groundbreaking ceremony by the end of the year. This is an email I got last year. It's now February 2nd, which coincidentally is Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day! And that's exactly what it is with Inter-Miami. Just the same thing over and over and over again. Promises after promises after promises. Dates after dates after dates. Groundhog Day! And no delivery. The only delivery they had was that they brought a superstar to Miami, and that is Lionel Messi. And that's a huge delivery. Monstrous delivery. But when it comes to setting dates, my gosh. I fly right by that stadium all the time. Well, it's not a stadium. It's a an empty, no longer golf course. But it's supposed to be a stadium. And from the looks of it, do I think I'm going to see a stadium there by the summer of 2025? No, I do not. That's what, a year and a half? All of a sudden, a stadium's going to get erected there? Come on. I will believe it when I see it. Just like you should believe the bagel loan when you see it. What is the bagel loan? It's what Stewie's got for you if you're in the market for a home right now. If you're buying a home, if you need a mortgage, or you want to refinance, Stewie's got the bagel loan. And the bagel in the middle, it looks like a zero. That is exactly what you will pay Stewie. Nothing. No lender fees, no appraisal fees. You pay Stewie nothing. Who is Stewie and how do you get a hold of him? Stewie is the man. And you're going to call Stewie on his personal cell phone number. Here it is. 561-379-4441. That's 561-379-4441. If you don't believe me, Google the bagel loan. Google Stewie and then call him on his personal cell. 561-379-4441. You'll pay Stewie nothing. No lender's fees, no appraisal fees. Ask him about the bagel load. MLS number 226715.
We got some great events going on in South Florida. One of them is the championship meet. That's happening at Gulfstream Park. Live racing right now because it's Friday. The racing action at Gulfstream Park happens during the championship meet Thursday through Sunday. So you can get on out there right now, wager on the races, go to the trackside restaurant at Gulfstream Park, 10 Palms. That's where I like to hang out at Gulfstream. I go there, get a table, make a reservation, though, on their site, gulfstreampark.com. Get a table, have a fantastic meal. You watch the races live right in front of you, and they come around and take your bets. You don't even have to get up. Plus, you could wager as little as 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see that happen all of the time. So head on out to Gulfstream Park, particularly on any live race day, whether it be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. The championship meets got the best horses, the best jockeys, the best of everything in the horse racing world, and it's happening right now in Hollandale Beach at Gulfstream Park. The other event we got going on in town right now is the Caribbean Series, the Serie del Caribe. I was watching some of the game last night. Yasiel Puig. I couldn't believe it, but there he is playing baseball at Lone Depot Park. He's on Team Venezuela. They beat the Dominican Republic 3-1, to and he cranked a homer to left. It was a monster shot. And I watch it go, and I see the replays, and I thought to myself, with Jorge Soler no longer on the roster, at least at the moment he's not on the roster, do the Marlins have anyone who can hit the baseball that hard? I'm not necessarily saying that they should tell Yasiel Puig, hey, don't go anywhere, stay right here, and he would be probably pretty cheap. But where is that sort of pop going to come from with this Marlins team? Jazz? With Jazz, it's about health. How many games is he going to give you? Especially that he's playing center field, a very demanding position. And speaking of Jazz, it was really weird. At least it seemed weird to me. Anytime you have a player go to arbitration with the team, they can't settle. It's just weird. It's the team going against the player. It's very odd, but that's how the process works. The Marlins, they won their arbitration battle with Jazz. It was a difference of $300,000. And I'm thinking to myself, although I know there's a process, I'm just saying, this is what I'm thinking to myself. If a player is your dude, if that's your guy, to go to a mediator or a judge to try to save that little bit of money, isn't that kind of weird? If they want to sign him long-term, if he's the guy, you're going to fight over a couple of hundred thousand dollars? We're talking about somebody who's on your advertisements. This is the dude you're marketing, and we're going to fight for three hundred grand. That's just how arbitration goes, though. It's not just Jazz and the Marlins. It's many places. It's just such an odd thing. Part of, part of the process, though. Players get soured on a particular team because they just got to sit there and 
hear how horrible they are, why they why they don't deserve this money. It's odd when it's a small amount. The team and the players should just figure things out and avoid that mess. Just like the mess should have been avoided yesterday at the ballpark with security and Ozzie Guillen, who's managing Venezuela. These Latin American countries participating, they've got a lot of fans behind them. They love the sport. They love the game. The Caribbean series, though, not as big or anywhere near the World Baseball Classic, but still. It's cool to have baseball happening at Lone Depot Park. It's nice to see a really good atmosphere. This is not a tournament filled with Major League Baseball players. There are some, but not many, because the majority of them, they're not playing on these teams in the offseason. And right now, they're getting ready to report for spring training because pitchers and catchers will be doing that in just a couple of weeks. I talk about a team and a player going back and forth with finances. Well, maybe you are going back and forth in your own mind or with someone you know about your financial goals, your financial future. Stop doing that and contact Trajan Wealth. Trajan Wealth will get you on the right track. A lot of you have goals, and maybe you just came up with brand new goals here in 2024. You haven't attacked those goals yet. Let Trajan Wealth help you design a plan to conquer those goals, to get to those financial objectives that you've got in your mind or maybe you've got written out. Trajan Wealth is located locally in Palm Beach. Visit their site, trajanwealth.com. That's trajanwealth.com or call Trajan Wealth at 561-390-1000. Don't wait any longer. Let Trajan Wealth start to help you with your financial goals today. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. I quickly want to say one more thing here. Bam Adebayo for the third time, is named an all-star. And he should be in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year, uh, an award that he's yet to receive. But it's so cool to see Bam as a third-time all-star. It is very well-deserved. And it wouldn't shock me after Bam's career is all said and done with, and he's got a while to go, it wouldn't shock me if he was a 10-time or more all-star. Why not? He's still young, and he's definitely good enough. All right, that's all the time I got for this Friday. I'm off on Monday. I'll be back with you on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.